What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 140, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode Space Race. Space Race! I can't shout too loud because we're we're recording on a Tuesday evening, and... Uh The downstairs neighbors, they've got a very, you know, very young kid, uh, three months old, right? And while, um, well, in my experience, when kids at that age want to sleep, they're going to sleep. Doesn't matter. And when they don't want to sleep anymore, they don't want to, they're not going to sleep anymore. But I just don't want to be that guy that's like, space race! So I'm going to kind of keep it chill, kind of keep it uh, on the low low key, right? And uh, so if at any point... Uh, dear friends, you say to yourself, boy, Brent seems subdued right now. I wonder why that is. Well, it's because we're an independent podcast somehow. Uh, and if you want to support the show, that was your transition. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to support the show, you can do so over at patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate. We have tears. We have privileges. One of the privileges is getting access to Patreon first stuff like the other side of the gate where Zach and good friend of the show, quasi producer showrunner David talk about spoilerific things, things that uh, generally I shouldn't be privy to because they involve uh, things that are good to know, uh, good to experience for the first time when it happens and and not any type of uh, uh, premonition or anything like that. So they have a good time with that. Zach and I then also do Stargate Second Chances, where based off of your votes, Patreon listeners, we end up re-watching episodes that we have done before and then recording a short show where we re-rate the uh, episodes and give new thoughts on them. Zach and I have two more Second Chances that we have to schedule and get that done. Uh, And that will happen at some point and relatively soon but not right now uh and another show that we do because you all are awesome slash terrible is uh stargate infinity we lost a bet where because of the overall support number in patreon is high enough zach and i end up watching episodes of the non-canonical animated series that is universally panned by every Stargate lover out there, Stargate Infinity. We've watched two and done two episodes. Zach, I think we need to get a third one in this month yet. That is a true statement. Yeah, so we do have to get on the calendar because it's already the middle of the month. And um, Fights! Yeah. So, uh, but that's a lot of fun. And and doing that stuff on Patreon is great. And thank you so much to everybody on Patreon who supports the show. That is fantastic. And for those of you who are like, I'm not on Patreon and I'm not supporting the show, you guys are jerks. Uh, the short answer is yes, we are. But for other reasons, we will always be putting the Patreon first content on the main feed at some point. Uh, in fact, I think, I don't know what we're going to drop this Saturday, but Zach and I are going to be in in the same location on the planet earth on saturday and Woo-hoo! we do not want to record any content because we are vacationing dang it and uh yeah so i will go into our patreon stuff and release i don't know what but it'll be something and that'll happen on saturday and uh yeah where am i at with my show notes hmm let's see here 
anyone in your life wants to listen to Excellent Stargate podcast content, that's where I'm at. Hey, friends, if anyone in your life wants to listen to Excellent Stargate podcast content, you can recommend our show and you can tell them that they can find us on Google Play Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify Podcasts, or any reputable podcast aggregator. They can type in Walking Through the Stargate and they can find our show. So, Zach. Yes, Brent. If a person wants to let us know that that uh, that the subdued evening time version of myself is uh, is 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 a joy to listen to, or or they want to let us know that the subdued evening time version of of Brent is actually obnoxious, has a strange cadence, and his segues are terrible. How might they do that? Well, if you, like me, after listening to Brent's segues, have nothing to do but to hang your head and put your face <laughs> into your palms, which, if we were video casting this, you would have seen me do, but uh, since you, yeah, it's an audio so. podcast, you can't see that. Uh, if you, like me, are like that, you can tell us by emailing uh, e- email us. Email us. You can email us at... <laughs> Do you, want me to, do you want me to read it? Do you want me to try Please it? Please help me out here. Okay. <laughs> you can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. That is W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-U-G-H-D-H-E-S-D-A-R-G-A-T-A-T. Oh, man. I was like, I was two letters away from perfection. I was like the last two, whatever. You, Walking you know, through the Stargate I was at gmail.com. all about to give you a yeah. slow clap. Oh, yeah. And, and, yeah, then, I, I, and then, you know, you were like Murios. In the space race. (laughs) I must have got hit by some kind of beam weapon. There you go. Somebody sent some sort of uh, communications direction your way that was really an improvised weapon destroying your ability to speak properly. Yep. Yep. And then that turned into the G-A-T-E-E-T-A-T-A-E-G-M-L.com. Yeah. So... Uh, anyway, you can email us and let us know. <laughs> if you don't want to email us because that is way too antiquated for you, I get it. You can do something <laughs> less antiquated and follow us on Twitter and talk to us there. Yep. Now, if Twitter is too something for you, don't worry because we have the Facebooks. Oh, and yeah. everybody knows that the Facebooks are exactly what all those young whippersnappers are doing these days. <laughs> hey, Zach, we should not. We should not get a TikTok. But, you know, that's oh, that's where well, it's at. You know, it, it, no, 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 no. You know, the fact that uh, y'all got us, convinced us to get a Discord, which is kind of cool, if I might mm-hmm. say so. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that that is as close to cutting edge as <laughs> you're going to get me right now. And the uh, funny thing about that is that, like, that's that's like an IRC thing. I mean, like, <laughs> that's that's almost as old school as you can get. Dang it! <laughs> No, no, no. Discord is the new, is, well, not the new hotness, but you know, however, like the whole like hashtag thing, those were old, you know, that, that was a, that was an old Octothorpe back in the day. And that was a, and that was the way that you, uh, that you just dis- distinguished channels back on your internet relay chat server. That's true. That's true. Yep. 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 
Uh, in any case, you can get a hold of us in all sorts of fun ways and join the conversation in all sorts of fun places, and you are invited to do that. And, of course, you could go to our website, wtts.space. Space, race. Uh, well, you can just make sure that you don't put the race on the end of that, no. and then you can get there. Um, yes. But you can go there, and, and you can see all sorts of fun stuff that's there, and that'll get you links to Discord and, and all of the other things if you need to get that. So it's all there. Uh, and, of course, we got the Patreon. Brent talked about that. So Yes, I did. Brent. Yes. Today, we are talking about the one, the only, the space race of space races. Space race. Yeah, we're not going to have another space race? Well, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, so I won't <laughs> say yes or no. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> but as far as you're concerned, this is the space race of space races. Yep. Okay. Because yes. you don't know anything else. This is like I, the pinnacle yep. of Stargate space races. This is literally the, like like definitional. Ooh. Yeah fundamental in space <laughs> oh gosh all right can we talk about this one? Oh, sure 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 i'm just noticing that it is uh as we speak 7 30 p.m yes. central time yes on this tuesday evening and i just finished my cup of coffee which i normally drink on saturday morning when we record but since it's not saturday morning i decided to drink it now anyway yeah, that's that's a wise move. But as you get more charged up with caffeine, I'm going to get more slap happy because oh, it's, I'm an old worry. man. Don't worry, because at this time of night, coffee goes <laughs> in my body. So we'll see. That was an image. <laughs> we'll see. All right. So. Space Race was directed by Andy Makita. We've heard his name many, many times. He does all sorts of stuff with the show. This is his first of three directing credits this season. Mm -hmm. So we'll hear his name again later on, but not uh, for a bit. The teleplay is by Damien Kindler. We've heard his name once already this year. Uh, this mm. is his second of five writing credits. He did Fragile Balance. Uh, in addition to those five writing credits, I believe, if I recall correctly, he's got a story credit in there, and we'll talk about that when we get there. Mm -hmm. We okay. have lots of guest actors to talk about. Yes, we do. All right, we'll start with uh, Golan Jarlath, played mm -hmm. by Scott McDonald. Uh, and uh, this here is a mini-biography by none other than Scott McDonald. So, Ooh, okay. Scott McDonald is a veteran character actor with an extensive and eclectic list of credits in film, television, commercials, voiceovers, and on the legit stages of regional theaters across the U.S. and on Broadway. As opposed to those illegitimate stages. Yes, exactly. McDonald graduated from high school in the remote town of Libby in northwestern Montana. He attended Washington State University, where, in the pursuit of a B.A. broadcasting degree, he performed in several plays and, quote, caught the acting bug, close quotes, and ended up with a second B.A. in theater. Mac then earned an M.F.A. in acting from California Institute of the Arts. McDonald enjoyed several years of quality work on the stages of the Seattle Repertory Theater, uh, Intamin Theater, The Empty Space, and regionally in Atlanta, Santa Fe, Washington, D.C., etc. 
It was his leading role in the critically acclaimed Pulitzer Prize-winning, Tony-nominated production of The Kentucky Cycle that brought McDonald to L.A. and New York City served as his entry into movies and TV. McDonald has voiced or appeared in hundreds of national commercials and CD-ROM games. He is one of a rare cadre of actors who have guest starred on all four of the modern Star Trek series as no less than six different creatures, including one human. Uh, Side note... Uh, obviously, this was written before Discovery and all, all that stuff. Yes. Uh, he was Sub-Commander Nevek in Star Trek The Next Generation. He played Tosk in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Those are the two places that I remember him most and plenty of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. He has performed Hamlet and Bullwinkle Moose on the boards and even had a seven-year run as the lovely Hilda Wearing while wearing a dress in the long-running Bud Light Ladies campaign, which included thousands of personal appearances. Aha! Uh-huh. McDonald is a devoted fly fisherman and returns to Big Sky Country whenever he can. He, uh, he is also a dyed-in-the-wool WSU Cougar fan. Go Cougs! Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, his first IMDb credit came in 1993... When he played Eddie in the movie Three Ninjas, Knuckle Up. <laughs> These movie titles are the best. Oh, yeah. Now, now Three I want Ninjas, to point out, Knuckle Up. Knuckle yeah. Up. I want to point out that that was an uncredited role oh, okay. for him. Mm-hmm. So, while I still wanted to mention that because it's there, uh, but his first credited role on IMDb is none other than Star Trek The Next Generation's next 1993 episode, Face of the Enemy, when he played the Romulan sub-commander, Nevek. Aha, okay. Um, and when I saw him in this episode for the very first time, I'm like, that's Nevek from the Star Trek Next Generation <laughs> episode, Face <laughs> of the Enemy. <laughs> Which first aired in 1993. I, well, it would have taken me a while to figure out that it would have been 93. But I could have figured it out. <laughs> That's a sixth season episode, by the way, for all of you uh, Star Trek nerds out there. Yep, yep. Uh, all right. So that is Scott McDonald. We have Alex Zahara playing Warwick Finn. Yay! Woohoo! Welcome back, Alex. We have Patrick Curry playing Eamon. Again, mm-hmm. welcome back, Patrick. We have Terrence Kelly playing Miles Hagen. This is uh, this is the uh, leader of TechCon, if I recall correctly, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, he was born on July, uh, June 12, 1944, in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, as Terrence Reginald Kelly. Aha. Uh-huh. He is an actor known for Watchmen in 2009, Walking Tall in 2004, and Catch and Release in 2006. He's got a whopping 145 credits on IMDb. Wow. Most recently as Chris Kringles in the 2021 TV movie, A Christmas Miracle for Daisy. <laughs> uh, Everybody we, plays a, in a Christmas movie at some point, I guess, right? Uh, you yeah. know, you got to do that eventually. You got it. That's how it works. Uh, he will appear in an episode of Atlantis oh, as okay. a different character. 
Ah, I see. Uh, and uh, as I was looking through his IMDb, I noticed that in 1987, he was in an episode of Airwolf. Oh, yes. Uh, I believe this nice. is the original Airwolf and not Airwolf 2. Don't get those right. confused. No, those are different shows. Yep. Uh, Terrence's first IMDb credit came in 1963 in the TV mm. series Shoestring Theater in the episode The Maker of Dreams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Alan Lysel, who plays Del Tynan. Mm-hmm. This is uh, the uh, the supervisor for Amen, who is a bad guy. Yes. Right? He is an actor known for Rat Race in 2001, War in 2007, and The Accused in 1988. Uh, he was in several episodes of MacGyver and oh. several episodes of 21 Jump Street back mm-hmm. in the day. Mm-hmm. And his first IMDb credit was none other than Airwolf in 1987, mm. when he played the Bulgarian agent in the episode Escape. Aha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, we have Hillary Cooper, who plays the receptionist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she did an excellent job as the receptionist. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has a total of three. Count them three. One, two, three acting credits on IMDb. Wow. Okay. They are Monster by Mistake, when she plays Tracy in the episode Warren's Nightmare in 2003. I have no idea what that TV show is. Nope. No idea. She is number two in this episode of Stargate. (laughs) Okay. Naturally. And then her first IMDb credit came in 1999 when she did some sort of presumably voice work for the video game Mugen. M-U-G-E-N. And that's an acronym for something. 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 No idea. No idea what. Uh, Then we have Colin Murdoch, who plays Ardal Hedrick. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is be one of the uh, two announcers. Mm-hmm. Uh, incidentally, uh, the announcing bits and all that stuff uh, was created because the rest of the show came in a little bit short and they needed something to pad it out. <laughs> and okay. honestly, it is delightful. I love those scenes. Sure. Uh, in any case, Colin Murdoch uh, was born in 1958 in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. He is known for his work on Beast Wars Transformers. Transformers Energon, and Stargate Mm SG-1. Okay. He has 139 credits on IMDb, and most, if not all, most of them are voice acting work. Ah, okay. Uh, He has done just tons of it, Uh, and you'll have to go over there and look at it. His first IMDb credit came back in 1988, when he played, uh, he voiced additional voices in the English version of Mobile Suit Gundam Char's Counterattack, or mm-hmm. Char, I'm not certain how you pronounce that. I don't know, yeah, but yeah, yeah. okay. Now, uh, Ardal has his uh, counterpart, Coil Boren, and mm-hmm. Coil Boren is Peter, played by none other than Peter Kalemis, and... We have actually seen him before. We heard that name when we watched the episode Smoke and Mirrors. Mm-hmm. He played the character Dr. Langham. Mm-hmm. That's the one who stole the mimic devices from Area 51. That naughty, naughty man. Yeah. I, yes. I mean, he... Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 Okay. 
And then we've got Benjamin Ayers, who plays Murios, and we've got mm-hmm. Lindsay Maxwell, who, like, is the face of Lael Montrose, and yes. let those yeah. s- sit and lie there as it is. Yep. yep. The original air date for Space Race was August 1st, 2003, in the U.S. and the U.K. Mm-hmm. Number one on the charts in the U.S., we were still crazy in love with Beyonce. Uh-huh. Yep. yep. However... Uh, despite the fact that the song is never going to leave your side, they definitely did leave Beyonce's side oh, for Daniel yeah. Bedingfield. Yeah, never gonna, okay. In the UK. Never going to leave your side. I have no idea what that song is. I, I am quite certain it's probably a love power ballad. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It seems like every time that I look up one of these number ones in the UK, it's based off of some reality tv show and it's some like tenor singing as high as he can uh you know because apparently that's like the the most talented singers on the planet are all tenors and uh Uh undiscovered tenors and it's 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 actually so saccharine it makes my teeth hurt but um so i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go with 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 just cookie cutter pop on this one Cookie cutter pop. Ooh. Yes. Okay, you know, and, and for a dark horse possibility, it is in the vein of Bob the Builder. <laughs> you remember when that was the number one song for a minute? <laughs> yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah. So, where would somebody listen to things like Crazy in Love? And never going to leave your side. Well, obviously, a wedding. American Wedding is number one in the box office. wow. I forgot about that movie. Wow. That is a sequel that probably did not need to exist. No. No, it didn't. Uh, Other sequels that don't need to exist include Spy Kids 3D Game Over. (laughs) Now, to be fair for all of you fans out there of the Spy Kids movies, I've never seen this movie, so I know nothing about it. Yeah, neither have I. Uh, another movie that was perfectly fine to exist and is not a sequel is Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Yar. Yar. And you got pirates, and they're from the Caribbean. Uh, like those giant cruise ships. Oh, that, yeah. That's where he's from. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Royal Caribbean. Royal Caribbean. Yeah. Yep, yep, mm-hmm. yep. Um, other places that one could go is to go watch Seabiscuit run a race. Oh, I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And rounding it out with other things that you still don't need as a second time around or third or fourth or whatever <laughs> is Bad Boys 2. <laughs> Here again, I never saw Bad Boys or Bad Boys 2. So take my words with a grain of salt. Isn't there like a Bad Boys 3 now too? I think there is. Uh, probably. I think, I think Will Smith and uh, Chris Martin decided for a third one. And it's like, why? Why, gentlemen? Why? Because somebody paid them money. Somebody cut out. Somebody broke out the checkbook and is like, "I tell you what, I'll write, I'll write a number, and then I'll put six zeros behind it, and you say yes to doing this." <laughs> and they're like, "No, no, no. Okay, yes." Ah, <laughs> uh, so what happened on or around August first, two thousand three? Not a whole lot. On August second. The South African cricket batsman Graham Smith blazes 259. Fast bowler Makaya Nittini has five wickets in each England innings. Mm-hmm. 
as Proteus wins the second test by an innings and 92 at Lords. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, there's some S's in there that don't seem to fit, but... Oh, no, that, that, it all fits. Okay. It all fits. In cricket, it's an innings. It's an innings? Yeah, and baseball, it's an inning. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, hey, whatever it is, cricket yeah. stuff was happening on August 2nd. South African cricket's batsman, Graham Smith, blazes 259. That's a lot. Fast bowler... Uh, yeah, that name is a trick for me, too. Um, Nintini has five wickets. That's that's a good number of wickets. In is that like, England like, 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 um, the Ewok wicket? You only get so many bowls. Um, I can't remember because if this is a test, then there's different than there's different types of, of cricket. And I don't, I'm not going to pretend that I'm an expert in any of it, but, um, you only get to pitch so many times. Like, and if you get, um, you know, if you get batsmen out uh, by uh, bowling wickets, then that's good because that's what you want to do. And apparently in five of them, that's pretty good. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, England's innings. So, you know, in, in each England innings at Proteus, as Proteus wins second test. So the test, a test cricket is a type of cricket. And, apparently, and I can't remember how many they play. I think they play three. Uh, by by an innings and ninety two, so I think that uh, that that's like the number of like extra runs. I think at Lords, and that's a place where you play cricket. Ah, yes. Well, okay. Meanwhile, there are UK listeners that are like, "Wow, you got like sixty percent of that right, but the forty percent you got wrong, you got way wrong, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> well, you did better than me. <laughs> ah, so. And then on August 5th, there is a car bomb uh, that explodes in the Indonesian capital of Jakarta outside the Marriott Hotel, killing 12 and injuring 150 people. Yikes. Yikes. No good. Mm Mm-hmm. So, we have trivia for this episode. Uh Uh-huh. Are you ready for the trivia for this episode? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so the scenes uh, of the Sebris' hangar were shot at the Powertech Labs uh, and the scenes oh, at yeah. the TechCon Group headquarters were shot at the Palisades West Tower. Well, I don't know that one, but we've I, heard the Powertech lab was, Labs one before. Yeah, that one, uh, that, that's that been uh, our backdrop for a couple of other episodes. Uh, and so yeah. in that hangar, you look at all of the various brightly colored columns and blinkies and all of that stuff in the, the, the background. Mm-hmm. Those weren't just regular BLU blinky light units and such. They were the real things. It was real oh. high voltage resonant testing stuff were, you know, bad. You know, don't touch. Huh. Okay, cool. And the Hebridan didn't actually exist. That was all CGI. I gotcha. So. Yes. Uh, the image of the planet Hebridon, uh, as shown in this episode, is actually an upside-down and distorted view of Earth. Oh, And if you look okay. carefully, you can see the Indian Peninsula along with Sri Lanka. Also, on the top right corner, you can see the Persian Gulf, uh-huh. which lies between Iran and Saudi Arabia. Interesting. Yeah. Now... Uh, Warwick Finn is one of the main characters in this. This is uh, uh, not the first time we've seen him. We saw him in sixth season episode Forsaken. However, he was actually called Warwick Trevor in that episode. Oh, okay. And he was played by Dion Johnstone. I wondered. 
Um, I wondered. Yeah. But now this is two characters back to back that Dion Johnstone played and now that somebody else in the makeup. Yep. And and part of that is because, I mean, this is obviously all being filmed at uh, roughly the same time. Yeah. And at this time, Dion was doing something like on Broadway or something, and he well, couldn't get away for this. You mean he could... Tisk tisk. He couldn't take a little bit of time away from a Broadway musical, which is like the zenith of everybody who has done musical theater, to go throw on some extra makeup and pretend that he's somebody like, you know, like, you know, a beloved character from our past who barely had a name and had his name changed. Come on. You know, I think he's got his priorities mixed up. <laughs> but what are you going to do? Uh, now, what are you on the do? flip side, though, because we don't get Dion. We do get Alex, and Alex does a wonderful job. 100%. But I was sitting there like, you know, I saw Alex's name on the title cards, and then I, and then I was recognizing him, you know, under the makeup because he has, he has a presence. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, I don't remember. I didn't. He, was, he the, was he Warwick from that episode? And I was like, I don't remember that. And turns out I wasn't wrong. It wasn't him. Yeah. Um. Incidentally, this episode and then the previous episode um, with uh, Chaka was some of the first times that uh, Patrick Curry ever wore prosthetics. Aha, uh-huh, okay. Um, so, this episode's main plot bears a striking similarity to the seventh season episode of Star Trek Voyager called Drive in which a couple of the main characters in that participate in a friendly space race, which eventually leads to the revealing of the episode's antagonist. Oh Oh my goodness, can you believe it? I cannot. Both episodes also involve shocking of all shockers, the sabotage of one or more of the space race vessels. You don't say. I do say. Oh my goodness. Now, I do have a quote. From Amanda Tapping, in an interview with Sci-Fi Wire that I found on GateWorld, she says, it's a cool episode that we're actually shooting this week, shooting as we speak. It's kind of a video game episode, and Sam engages in this space race in this ship with an alien that we'd encountered last season. It's interesting to play her in this episode because she's a lot more fun, a little cheekier. She's like a little kid because everything is all about this race and she really gets off on it. I was talking to the director yesterday after we'd finished a scene and he said, Wow, I love what Sam is doing. I love what you're doing here with her. And I said, It's not too much because you can't just suddenly bring in this whole new side of the character. It's something that's always been there and now it gets to be right at the forefront. The kind of style that she has of, Woohoo! I get to be in a race! Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is a this is a it was fun to, for me to see um Sam be um giddy about something. Oh, yeah. We can get into that. Uh this episode title in other languages. The Italians, the Spanish, the Czechs, the Germans, they all call it the space space race. The mm-hmm. Hungarians call it the race. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And the French call it the Great Test. Ah, okay. Mm. So. Indeed. All right. Are you ready for the synopsis for Space Race? Yes. Let's okay. get into it. 
Carter, wearing her motorcycle gear, is called into the SGC. Warwick Finn, a Serakin she met along with the rest of her team a year ago, has come to visit. Unfortunately, diplomatic ties haven't moved as fast as they would like, but Warwick has an opportunity for Samantha to get her hands on a Hebridan Ion Drive. And what is Warwick asking for? A knack with a generator and a chance to win the race. What is this race? It's the Loop of Congarat. It is hosted by the TechCon, TechCon Group. Do you need help hosting a big event? Well, perhaps you need TechCon's big event hosting service. <laughs> Whatever you need, we'll make sure it goes off with a bang. Every year, the winner of the race is awarded a lucrative contract, and Warwick wants to win. This race will help Warwick and uh, assist the SGC in getting a contingent onto the planet to discuss with the powers that be about trading technology. Sam is super excited and asks when they can leave. And she'll have to run the race with Warwick because we're not about to let one of those sweet, sweet Nakoda generators out of our sight. Nope, nope, nope. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if, if she happens to have fun racing in the process, well, what's a girl to do? I, I, that, oh, that is with, with, with General Hammond's permission, sir, if, if, if it's okay. And, you know, with that kind of excitement from your major, what's a general to do? Aw, shucks. On Hebridon, Warwick introduces SG-1 to his brother, Eamon. Eamon is the engineer and mechanic that has made the Severus, that's Warwick's ship, what it is today. Eamon is a little prickly. He feels they could have fixed the ship without Earth's help. Of course, he also needs his older brother to get a particular part, and they won't be racing, or they won't be racing any race without that part, because, you know, you, know, you gotta get the part. Warwick is confident, however, that he can get the part needed. Parts parts. Around this time, Warwick hands Samantha a big giant book. It is the tech manual for the Severus translated into good old American standard English. O'Neill looks over her shoulder and retorts that it's not his language. And Sam looking over at her CO states simply, it's mine. Warwick takes O'Neill and Dr. Jackson to visit the Capitol building. Tilk stays behind with Carter because she asked him for his assistance. He did? You did? Yes. He did. Right. Yeah, I, he did. Right. Of course. I remember now. <laughs> Eamon reveals that since being rescued by SG-1, life has been difficult for Warwick. Everyone thought he was dead, and returning from the dead is never an easy prospect. He's putting all his, bags, his eggs in this basket of a race. Race Dater comes in, and they get a chance to see their competition. Uh, Gunna Jarlath. Well, there's a typo there for you. <laughs> Jarlath is going to be a problem, but Lael Montrose and, even worse, Murius are going to be the real race challengers in this game. Warwick takes Carter with him to the parts shop they've been regularly dealing with to pick up his order. The owner, uh, Tao Pen, clearly doesn't have anything against Warwick, but his credit is bad, and he can't give him the party really wants. But there's a scratch and dent pin, and in there, you guessed it, there's a viable option for you in there. 
While they are there, digging through the fun scratch and dent bin, Jarleth stops in and heckles his competition and encourages Warwick to give up now. Back at the hangar, Eamon and Teal'c have finished all the other work the Severus needs. Eamon is confident that with the Nakwita generator, Warwick is practically guaranteed to win. After they step out for some food, a man quickly and quietly steps out from where he was hiding and heads for the ship's boarding ramp, carrying a toolbox. Oh no. The race mm-hmm. begins. And remember that if you're uncertain where to watch this race, just turn to TechCon's Viewatron 4000, guaranteed to provide up-to-the-minute news on what's happening in the race in the palm of your hand. Incredibly realistic shots of everything the pilots experience. If there's an explosion in the loop, you'll feel it in the pocket. With Viewatron. Available wherever (laughs) TechCon merchandise can be found, Viewatron 4000, bringing the loop to life. There are four stages in the race. Attack drones, the corona... No, no, not the beer. <laughs> no, not the virus either. Nope. The sun, the sun. The, we're talking about the corona of the sun, people! <laughs> Carry on. There's an asteroid belt, a la Star Wars. Not a real asteroid belt, no, but like a Star Wars asteroid belt. Yes. You know, and speed and and then speed. And, and, and here we're not talking about the movie speed with Keanu Reeves nope. and Sandra nope. Bullock. We're just talking nope. about going fast. Yes. Yeah. All right. Sorry. The Severus does reasonably well with the first stage, but that sun stage causes problems. Not because they can't handle the radiation or nothing. Nope. They've got all of the skin protectant they need. But... <laughs> Because someone sabotaged the Severus. Yes, someone sabotaged the Severus. The power diverter has stopped diverting. Oh, no. Yes. Eamon tells them to divert the power from the power diverter by connecting the doohickey to the thingamajigger and hoping that the undiverted power won't blow up the ship. (laughs) Several sparks later, the Severus is back in the race, but they've lost good time. However... Carter gets them back in the race by suggesting they slingshot around the sun. Now, if they had discovered whales, this would have been a very, very different story. Yep. Anyway, on the planet, Eamon figures out that someone must have sabotaged the ship. And to do that, they needed a copy of Eamon's specs of the ship. And to do that, they would have had to need to break into his work computer, his work computer at TechCon. Mm-hmm. Are you having trouble with unwanted searching and seizing of your personal documents? <laughs> then make sure your computing devices are protected with CompuSeal. CompuSeal is an advanced AI designed to thwart any attempts to steal your secure documents. You no longer have to worry about your enemies getting hold of your private plans for world domination with CompuSeal. Used by the professionals at TechCon. Your digital safety is our priority. CompuSeal. <laughs> Apparently, Eamon did not have CompuSeal, but he did have his own personally designed competitor, and as a result, he discovered that his supervisor, none other than Del Tynan himself, accessed his work computer and stole the Severus's schematics. They no. need more evidence, and so Eamon and Tilk head to TechCon to get it. 
In disguise as Eamon's third cousin, Murray, Teal'c is able to get into the building without having the proper documentation. They break into Tynan's computer and discover that he has systematically been sabotaging every ship running the loop except one, Murius's ship. Uh-oh. And then, sure enough, Tynan, with some of his goons, walk in and catch them in the act. This does not look good for our heroes. No. Back in the loop, Warwick and Carter hear a distress call from Jarlath. His ship was also sabotaged. (gasps) Oh my goodness. They decide to render aid. Jarlath isn't thrilled with the idea, and frankly, neither is Warwick. But... Now the token grumpy racer is aboard our hero's ship, adding for more color commentary. Tynan complains that the Serakin are ruining the humans on this planet. Eamon believes that the two species have lived together well for centuries, neither group better off or worse off than the other. It's been wonderful. Still, Tynan complains that he's been passed over for promotion several times, and it's obviously their fault. This year's loop winner will be a full-blooded human if I can say anything about it. Not not me, Tynan. Just just clear. Right. Tynan contacts Warwick on the Severus and threatens the safety of Eamon and Teal'c if he doesn't power down the ship and drop out of the race. Sadly, Warwick does drop out of the race to protect his family. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, O'Neill and Daniel and company president Miles Hagen come in with guards and they arrest Tynan and his men. Hagen now has the evidence he needs to put Tynan in jail for corruption. No, it's all their fault. It really... Oh. With Eamon and Teal'c safe, the Severus is back in the race. Yes. But they're in a distant third place. Lael and Murios are battling it out for the gold. Do they call first place gold on Heberden? Uh, whatever. Uh, knowing <laughs> that they can't possibly win, but not wanting Murios to get away with all this cheating, they seek another option. Fortunately, Jarlath has a plan. They bypass the what's-it and put the thingy directly into the comms, and then the thingy, and then they say hello, and then, boom, Murios' ship is at a commission, and Lael speeds across the finish line to win the race. Yay! Yay! Later at the SGC, Carter receives word that Warwick has been hired by Lael, uh, Lael Montrose to co-pilot on, to be co-pilot on her new contract from Tekkon. Woohoo! Yay for Warwick! And Earth now has an ion engine to study. Woohoo! Still, Carter is bummed that they didn't win the race, but don't worry, because next year, she's going to kick butt. Yay! The end. The end. So, Brent. Yeah. Space race. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Well, I'm glad to hear that there's going to be another race next year. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to seeing it. Oh, uh, well, that sounds like a good idea. Okay. And so happy that Sam Carter is going to kick butt and they're going to win it next year. Naturally. Season eight. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, so, hmm. I, this episode wanted to be fun. It really tried. 
even had several moments where it was fun. But was it fun? No, no, it wasn't fun. Unfortunately, the uh, which is which is really unfortunate because there were there were so many enjoyable bits in this episode. Yet, from like wall to wall, it felt like it was written by a middle schooler. Like, like, <laughs> like every single twist wasn't even remotely a twist. Uh, every single. Uh, uh, moment of tension was almost as predictable as it could have possibly been. <laughs> and as a result, you really had to stretch your disbelief to make any kind of sense of anything at all. <laughs> like, like wh- how, how slingshotting around the sun or the star, notwithstanding, which clearly would be a rules violation or else everybody would be doing it. Um, uh, there are no it, rules. Oh, uh, yeah. Then why isn't everybody slingshotting around the sun? Anyway, uh, the, the number of times where they have been like completely out of the race and yet somehow find a way to be like right back in it um, was just boggling. It was just, it was just boggling. And uh, the, the the uh offer uh, you know the 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 at the very beginning in the defense stage i think it was that one of the ships got knocked out and uh warwick like immediately was offering to render aid and was then t- what you know waved off as soon as that was happening i'm like what why would you do that it, it, that makes absolutely no sense and I think it was to set up the offer of aid later with um, Jareth. Jarleth. Jarleth. Mustachio, the mustachioed munder. Um, but uh, it, it, I don't know. It just didn't. Whatever. And then like the interactions between the characters were, it was, it was very predictable. It, it, it lined up. There were lines in interactions that were definitely chuckle worthy. Um, I did like. Alex Sahara's delivery of the line to Amanda Tapping, uh, Warwick to Sam Carter, after they uh, pop open the hatch for Jarleth and say, come aboard. And he's like, I don't want to. And, and Warwick says, we tried. <laughs> like, I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. However, was that line original? Nope. Uh, was it, did it, did it, did it, was it unexpected? Nope. It was not unexpected. Um, and the like the only thing that was vaguely unexpected was that they didn't finish first <laughs> like and even then it was it was just kind of bizarre and it didn't really make a whole lot of sense like that was a real that was an excellently targeted communication weapon thing for two ships that were like right on top of each other whatever like and then why bother having the little lane markers if there are no rules whatever and <laughs> like <laughs> and, and like why why bother why bother um like villainizing some guy uh who is clearly sabotaging all these entrants if there are no rules <laughs> like whatever <laughs> there's so many things in here that were just like what okay i mean i get it you have to do that because the story is demanding it but again like it was not uh it was not particularly um uh 
how best to say it. Like, at no point was it a surprise. Like, every single turn of the wheel, it was exactly as expected at every single point. Uh, and, you know, I mean, and the other thing that I was thinking was that, like, that gag of, of um, you know, the TechCon uh, sponsorship. Um, you know, it was funny the first couple of times, and then it, they just kept doing it. <laughs> it was like, all right, you guys, it's that thing where in some comedy, if you do something over and over and over and over and over again, uh, the first couple of times it's funny, then it gets not funny again. And then if you just keep doing it, if you insist on keeping doing it, suddenly it gets funny again. <laughs> but this was, I don't think, that, I didn't feel like this was one of those moments. So the tech con thing got a little old there towards the end. Um, And, you know, like... But I, but it, it, part of me is, I think it's a little bit unfortunate because I seem to recall that we had a Sam heavy episode in the recent past ish where I basically was kind of doing the same thing that I'm doing right now, where I didn't think it was done that well. It ended up kind of, it felt kind of kludged together. It, you know, like there, there was, it wasn't Stargate's best storytelling, and it was really unfortunate that this was a, a a moment to expand on the character of Samantha Carter because I didn't think it I didn't I didn't think that the story was doing that good of a job. Like Amanda Tapping acted the heck out of it. Um, it was fun to watch her have fun, no doubt about it. But you know, the, the, it's the, I've seen Stargate do fun episodes before, and this one was kind of eh. Now. Am I, but is, was it so, was I, was I having a bad time? No, I wasn't having a bad time. I was enjoying watching it. And you know, like the, I thought the visual effects were quite good. Um, uh, I thought that, uh, the, um, prosthetics, uh, were fantastic. I thought that the acting was great. Um, even though the lines were kind of boring and they certainly weren't, um, uh, bringing about story that was particularly novel, uh, you know the the people playing the roles they were they were doing a fine job um but it didn't seem to like it, this is this feels like one of those episodes that for me uh it didn't quite mix well and therefore we didn't get a cake we got a bunch of different ingredients and mm. you know they they they're all in the bowl together but they didn't really quite do their job and so therefore it's not that good at all i don't think but it's all there um but yeah so, I mean, I know I'm being a little bit harsh, probably a lot harsh. Um, and here it is Tuesday evening. So there's another secret. Like if I wait too many days, I just get sour on a thing. Uh, but <laughs> but that's kind of how that's kind of how I was feeling pretty much after watching the episode. And it, and it, it has stuck with me a little bit. So but what about you? What did you think about this episode? So um, I don't think I have quite the same um, harshness towards this episode. Mm-hmm. Um is this the greatest, you know, storytelling on the planet? No. Right. No, it's not. Um, are there some plot holes? Yes. Yes, there <laughs> are. Um, but uh, um, for me, th- this is just, this is an episode that is just some visual candy. Sure. You know, it looks great. Uh, the cinematography go- is good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the acting is good. The prosthetics are good. You know, you get the camera right up in there, and and it looks great. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. 
um, you know, the the space things uh, to me are are fun to watch. Um, you know, the specifics of the space race itself um, don't make a lot of sense. Why, <laughs> it, you know, uh, if this is a race, and for instance, the the drones that shoot at you are programmed to stop shooting at you once you're disabled, which actually makes a certain amount of sense. Sure. Um, That also supposes that there are other ships around to save you if you get stuck somewhere, um, Mm -hmm. barring being in the corona and going to get sucked into the sun and die. Um, You know, okay. But uh, so the, the, you know, I'm Jarlath and I'm stranded. Can you come and save me? If this is a race, you 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 don't do that, right? Uh, but uh, you know, you also needed that for for the sake of the story and all of this stuff. Um, you know, I, I there is a melodramatic element to this episode, mm-hmm. and when you're looking at a melodrama, there is nothing in a melodrama that surprises anybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And, and I mean, they, they put big giant flags and banners over the hero that says, I'm the hero in yeah. a melodrama. You know, yeah. you have, you know, the same for the villain. You actively encourage the audience to look at the villain and go, boo! Yes. Yeah. And then yeah. when the hero gets up there and shines his smiley white teeth at the audience, you go, <laughs> yay! Yes. And yeah. it doesn't matter in this case, in, in a melodrama, if, if the, the hero of the story is actually dumb and maybe somebody who shouldn't <laughs> actually win. He's the hero, and so whatever it is, you root for him. That, that's yeah. just the, the, the predisposed process of a melodrama. This is a melodrama. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, you've got the over-the-top bad guy in Jarlath, yes. who's not quite a bad guy, but he's certainly an antagonist. Yes. And, um, you know, he's just in there in, in the, the, the shop, and he's like, rah, 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 you bucket of bolts, and blah, blah, rah, blah, you know. Yeah. yeah uh, right. And then he's like, yeah, you know, I never was a pilot, but I know weapons, and so he saves the day with his weapons. You know, I mean, this... And then, of course, you've got the 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 uh, uh, corrupt uh, businessman in Tynan, uh, who ends up being the real bad guy of it, which is no surprise at all. As soon as they right. mention his name, you're like, "Oh, yeah, of course, he's the bad guy." This is right. not an episode that's designed to uh, uh, shock you. Or, or designed to uh, give you any weird twists in the storyline. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is like, hey, hang on, because we're going to do A, then B, then C, and D, and you already know this before we even begin, but that's okay, because while we're at it, we're going to say yay to the good guys, we're going to go boo to the bad guys, and we're going to just have some silly, silly fun. Mm-hmm. That's all this episode is. If you want something more, you're going to have to watch a different episode. But yeah, if you, for me, uh, recognizing that, watching it from that perspective, I have fun with this episode. I enjoy it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even even from the, the the announcers with all of the tech con gags and whatnot, you get a kind of a, a Waldorf and Stadler vibe to them. Sure. Um, which, you know, Waldorf and Stadler and the Muppets, most of their jokes aren't funny. But nope. they just <laughs> insist on doing it again yes. and again and again. And they keep doing it. And, you know, you, you just have to appreciate the fact that this is the time when they do their thing and it it works their jokes are dry and crusty just like us (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i mean those are my thoughts i i I enjoy it i mean yeah yeah i'm willing i'm still willing to go with you know Especially because that's like my rule for the show, and it like you know, how did I feel immediately after watching it? And and um, you know, I'm not gonna pan it quite so hard, but I was, but I, but there was definitely there was there was there was a point in the middle of the episode where I was saying to myself, "Is this gonna be like a bane? Right? Is this gonna be one of those episodes that just just kind of just goes way sideways?" And therefore, I'm all like, "Fine, let's do this." Um, I don't remember the name of the episode where, oh golly. Right, the was it Martin? Was it Martin who's trying to get to the airport? Somebody was trying to get to the airport, right? And and the story wasn't go, wasn't working that well at all. This was a couple of seasons ago, and you had that guy in the airport who had one line, like you know, the line is something like, "Did they read the screenplay?" Like you know, something like you know, like you know, what do they? What do you mean that they didn't like the twist or something? You know, like it was oh, yeah, it was some yeah, throwaway yeah, line yeah. that I that I decided to hook onto and declare that that was. That was the showrunner's moment to let us know that this that episode wasn't all that good. Um, you know, I didn't really feel like there was like that level of a need for this particular episode, and I certainly didn't get that moment. But that also then means that like I had an okay time, it just I didn't have a great time. And if I had had a worse time, I might have enjoyed it more <laughs> because because then I could lampoon it, but it didn't quite get to that point. So. So, so here, you know, yeah, here's yeah. one of the things that makes uh, Stargate uh, somewhat unique in in the realm of sci-fi shows mm-hmm. um, is that um, particularly when you compare it to the the quintessential Star Trek uh, franchise. Sure. Um, Star Trek routinely tries to do uh, comedy. And mm-hmm. routinely, they utterly fail. Yes. Um, and, you know, but, and, 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 you know, you've seen, there are a few episodes here or there where they try to do a horror. Star Trek tries to do a horror episode. Mm-hmm. And at best, you go like, eh. yeah, right. You know, um, but, uh, but the end result is that you know what you're getting when you go into Star Trek. And most of the episodes are going to be Star Trek. And, and yeah. you're just going to get that thing. And every once in a while, they try something different. It doesn't really work. And everybody's like, that didn't work. And so what happens next week? They go for something. That's, this, that, that, what, that, that's what they do. They do Star Trek again. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it works fine. Stargate, on the other hand, does a lot of different genres and tends to do them reasonably well, especially when you compare that to uh star trek 
Mm-hmm. And then you get an episode like this, which kind of goes in the left field of let's let's basically you know do it in a melodrama, uh, whether they talk about it that way specifically or not, it's still what it is. Um, but uh, if you're not expecting it, it can throw you for a loop. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know as you were talking that that. That's kind of what I experienced in from your perception, you know. As, as I as I experienced what you're talking, how you're talking about it, it's like uh, you were not expecting a melodrama, and right. when you got it, uh, you know, it's like like I remember when I was in Japan, uh, we were at a restaurant and I saw what looked to be onion rings, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I like onion rings, I'll take one. Mm-hmm. And I bit into it, and it was not an onion ring. It was calamari. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like calamari. Uh, well, A, I don't like calamari to begin with, but yes. when you taste calamari and you're expecting And you're expecting onion, onion rings. Yes. Oh. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> you know, if... If you're expecting M&Ms and you get Skittles, yes. it's a problem. Yes. You know, if you're expecting a Skittle, you're fine. But if you're expecting right. that chocolatey goodness and you get a Skittle, you're like, oh my goodness. Yep. Um, and this is one of those places, for me, it sounds like they, they, didn't, uh, they didn't wave the flag fast enough, early enough. Uh, for you. Well, I mean, you're right, but I mean, I'm so I'll I'll take the other side of the argument here for just a second. Like, they didn't wave it fast enough for Brent, but they did not for lack of trying. The show opens with Samantha Carter walking in with her motorcycle gear on, going, "I'm going to do a race in space." Like, <laughs> I'm not sure how much more on the nose it could be. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I mean, I'm again, like I stand by the way that I like to do the ratings. Um, you know, how did I feel immediately after watching it? Believe you me, I get what you're saying, especially when you brought up how it is a melodrama. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. And you're right. Like we're supposed to we're supposed to cheer here and boo there. And and as a melodrama, how did it do quite well? Like, yeah, it, it did quite well, and especially when you figure that you expect Warwick to win the race and in a standard melodrama, he would. And yes. then they have the twist where he doesn't. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still kind of stand by the notion that like, like maybe best said, I stand by the notion that I don't like melodramas, <laughs> which is fine, <laughs> right? But that's fine. Like, you know, a person doesn't have to like all things. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, on the whole, was was this one a disaster? No, it wasn't a disaster. Was it fun? Sure, it was fun. Was I happy with the story? Nah, not really. But, you know, would I fault a person for liking this one? No, I wouldn't fault a person for liking this one. This one was, this was, this one was eye candy. This was, as it, it was fine. It was fine. Some people might think it was excellent. Uh, I doubt very many people are going to think it was poor. Okay. Well, then, uh, yeah. <laughs> what are your ratings? Where do you land? 
What am I gonna give this episode? Okay. Um after I finished watching it, I as I mentioned, I was kind of in the mess side of things, but kind of more on the positive mess side. And having talked about it, like I am glad that we did kind of discuss it a bit more. Um, but I'm gonna stick with that original gut feeling a bit. So I'm gonna give this one a four out of seven. Um better than halfway. I kind of wanted something else. You know, I wanted onion rings, but I got some calamari. And, uh, you know, while I love me some calamari, um, I don't love me some melodrama. And so it doesn't, it did a fine, I think you're right. I think it did a fine job as a melodrama, but that's just not my jam. And so there you go. So, you know, I did, I didn't want to boo when it was time to boo and I didn't want to cheer when it was time to cheer. I wanted something with a little bit more, with a little bit more zest. Um, maybe zest is the wrong word with a little bit more, uh, with, with a little bit more, uh, sub substance. And a little less zest, maybe. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Four out of seven. Yeah. Four out of yeah. seven. What about you? I am going to go for five. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I am not a huge fan of melodramas. On the flip side, the first uh, musical that I was part of way back in fifth grade, I mm-hmm. played Snidely Sneak, the villain, <laughs> in a melodrama. ha, 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 ha. Uh-huh. <laughs> um you know uh and and so while you know the the standard stereotypical melodrama again is not really my jam either uh you take that type of thing and and you turn it into a space race and it works for me uh is it awesome no is it great no but it's pretty good and it's fun so yeah, I yeah. will take it for what it is, and I'll give it a five. Yep. All right. There you go. Well, Brent. Yeah. We have predictions. Yes, and we have uh, something in the Twitters. Ooh. Well, take us to the Twitters. I will. Help us out. So we first have uh, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Kevin says, hi, Brent. Hi, Zach. This has always seemed to be a polarizing episode. Mm. When people talk about it, they either love it or hate it. (laughs) I predict Brent is going to love it because this kind of thing, this, this, because this just, because this just kind of seems like his thing. That's not a bad read. Not a bad read. Um, I think Zach's pinning it on melodrama is like right on the money and I don't like melodrama, but, but do I do like goofy stories? Yes, I do. And do I like spacey things? Yes, I do. And do I like technology? Yes, I do. So yeah, lots of good parts, but I didn't like the, I didn't like the total, but anyway, that's what uh, Kevin had to say. Okay. And then uh, we got Sean who jumped in here. Hi, Sean. Hi, Sean. He only had uh, two things to say. Okay. Space race. It was space with a bunch of A's and an exclamation point, all in caps, and then the word race, all in lowercase with a period. There so you go. He was echoing my whole, like, you know, WTTS dot space race. Awesome. So Awesome. That was what we got on Twitter. Cool. Well, on Facebook, we have Kimberly. Hi, Kimberly. Kimberly begins by predicting Brent will give it a six and Zach a five. Uh-huh. Well, you got me and you missed on the Brent. Yes. He says... All right, this is a fun episode. It's got just the right amount of cheese that I think Brent will enjoy his first (laughs) run of it. 
Zach, being a little more jaded, will still enjoy it and its past <laughs> references and future implications, but the freshness seal has been broken for him. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have Sean. Hi, Sean. Sean says, back to Zahara and a race in space. Mm-hmm. Warwick is a great character and was definitely surprised to see him back. Super heavy on the CGI on Warwick Homeworld. Loved it as it's not the usual episode type. I recognized Patrick Curry's voice this time, not so much with last week's Chaka, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense because last week his voice was yeah. Chaka. Yeah. You know, it's hard to pick out somebody. There. That's true. I think Brent will give this one a six and Zach will oh, give boy. it a five. Well, we got I Zach don't again. think it's, it has much rewatch value, and it gets a five from me, too. Yep. Gotcha. Um, very, well, you know, people are picking my number really easily, and they're thinking you're going to like it a little bit more than you are. Yep, that's, that's true. Um, all right, we have Justin. Hi, Justin. Justin has a YouTube video that he clipped on here and i'm not going to look at that right now so (laughs) you're welcome to look at that hopefully that's not part of your answer justin and if it is well i'm sorry (laughs) then he says well we had a lot of luck with unas we always had a ball with Knox. we're meeting all the groovy people we've rocked the ghoul so far we evaluate the ongoing risk we're space trucking round the stars I bet you that the YouTube video was the song that he's he's referencing, Probably. which I don't recognize. Yeah. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go space trucking. Come on, come on, come on, space trucking. Remember when we all <laughs> saved Warwick and boosted him with Naquita? This time we'll win the Congarat loop and everyone would cheer the day. Jarlath avoids personal hygiene. We're space trucking round the loop. Come on, come on, come on. Eat grieving, Jarlath. Come on, come on, come on. TechCon ads. Brought to you by TechCon. The star's gravity was pulling us in. Power diverter sabotaged. Yeah, 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 yeah. Space racists. Man, those grieving really scheme. They got plans to rule the solar system. They've captured Eamon and his cousin Murray. Mr. Man who has the Stargate calls Hagen, and they save the day. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go space trucking. Get out, get out, get out, space racists. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go space Warwick. Come on, come on, come on, Sam Carter. Yeah, 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 Brent likes it. Yeah, 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 six chevrons. Yeah, 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 Zach likes it. Yeah, 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 5.5. Oh, Justin. I don't know what's more impressive, the fact that Justin went to the trouble to do that or that I managed to actually get all of that red. All the way through. Well done. Yeah. All right. We have Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Kevin says, hi, Brent. Hi, Zach. 
As I wrote earlier, this is a polarizing episode. It's an okay story, fun to watch, nothing too big happens, although I did have a few thoughts while watching it. Teal'c has finally picked up on lying to get out of doing things he doesn't want. Wonder how many times he had to go fishing with O'Neill before he picked that one up. Mm. Is Warwick putting his life savings into this ship? Really? There's no security in the hangar? Definitely don't eat grieving. It's good to see Murray again. Oh, alien racists. Reminds me of the space Nazis from the other side. Mm. In the corner next to a bunch of pipes seems like a really weird place for a phone in a top-secret facility. That's true. I predict Brent will like this more than Zach. I'll say Brent gives it a 6, and Zach gives it a 5. Everybody's gotten, they're, they're getting you, like, out of the money. Yeah. Yeah. But then they're, they're thinking you're going to like it a lot more than you did. Yeah, that's true. Tim says. Hi, Tim. I think this episode is just boring all around. Uh-huh. I don't really like it. The, I didn't really like it the first time I saw it, and I had to restart this episode a couple of times due to falling asleep this time. <laughs> There are a couple of interesting ideas brought up, cheating in sports and racism, but the questions are barely asked and not explored in any meaningful way. I will give it a three. I think Zach and Brent will like it a lot more than me. Zach will give it a five and a half, and Brent will give it a six. Yeah, no, no. Uh, Well, there you go. Nope. All right. Uh, Rowan. Now it says, I think the sports filter in my brain protected me from remembering this one. It's not (laughs) a bad episode, and I imagine there are some people who really enjoyed it. It's just not for me. Yeah. I'm glad Carter had fun, at least, and it's always a good time when Murray, I I mean, Teal'c, gets to be funny and wear a hat. Incidentally, uh, Chris Judge always likes wearing hats in Stargate episodes, because when he wears a hat, he does not have to wear the emblem. Yeah. Yes. Right. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, Rowan continues. Something, something, thinly veiled, anti-Semitism metaphor, something, something. Does yeah. it count as clever wordplay that an episode about racism has race in the title? No. No, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because the racism is, while it's there, it's, they don't even I mean, it's there. bonk bonk it well, on the head. I mean, it's, but I mean, I think, I think that like, I think that the racism was a part of the melodrama. And when I was watching it, I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. You want a purebred human? La 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 la. Like I was bored with it. But when, but when I look at it in the form of the melodrama, like, I am, uh, I am evil McEvilshin, and I am here to make sure that my dastardly deed plan is put into motion. <laughs> and we're all supposed to go, oh, boo, right? And so how can you do that? I think that there is only one type of good person, and that is the person who looks just like me. Boo, right? You know, like, yeah. But if, but without that context, like, yeah. You know, I think that purebred humans are... Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Move it along there, old man. Indeed. Uh, I do have another paragraph here. Okay. So, they say, This episode is pretty forgettable and has little plot arc relevance. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Brent will like it more than I do and give it a five. Mm -hmm. But Zach will only give it a three. This Mm -hmm. episode on IMDb 
has a rating of 7.3, which is a 3.5 chevrons, putting it in the bottom 25% of Stargate episodes overall. Mm-hmm. And now it is time for the emails. 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 We'll start with Dan. Hi, Dan. Dan says, Zach, I'm sorry you've been under the weather. I forgot to submit this in time for the normal recording. Uh, But, Dan, because I was not feeling well, you had a second chance and made well of it. Yeah. What do you get when you have two classic sci-fi series on TV at the same time? Similar episodes, that's what. Because this is nothing like the Voyager episode Drive involving a race through space involving characters we enjoy watching the exploits of. Good thing this is the only time one show copied another. It's never happened (laughs) before or since, right? Right. Right? Right. (laughs) Lessons to be learned. Number one. People speak different languages, Jack. Number two. Eamon was mistaken about one thing. Morons at work usually get promoted ahead of those of us that know what we're doing. It's the (laughs) natural order of things. It's the natural order. Number three. Never underestimate the value of working with Mr. Man who has the Stargate. Number four. Jack was right. Don't get caught by the bad guys. And number five, Carter's right. Racing is fun. Mm -hmm. While this episode does nothing to the overall story arc, this is yet good. This is yet a good episode to just have fun with. As the podcast's unofficial resident motorsports fan, this episode Mm -hmm. is super (laughs) true. Moments of racing interrupted by ads and commercials. I love how they spoof this throughout the show. It's comedically accurate. It's a six and a half from me. I'm guessing a six from Brent and a five and a half Mm. from Zach, depending on how he's feeling. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. All right. Yeah. Well, we have Jacob. Hi, Jacob. And uh, we haven't heard from Jacob in quite a while. So welcome back, Jacob. Thanks. Yeah, welcome, Jacob. Uh, This episode is a delight. Fun to watch a bit of espionage and intrigue and who doesn't like a good space race. One can only like it, except for the competition, bunch of cheaters. (laughs) And uh, I love it when Teal becomes Murray. Seven Mm -hmm. from both of you. See you next time. Nope. (laughs) Sorry, Jake. We did not rate it that high. Nope. Alas. Okay. We have a prediction from Edward. Hi, Edward. Uh, Please click the following link for my full review. Parentheses. It's safe to play on the podcast. I promise. Okay. Here we go. Cheese. (laughs) (laughs) yep cheese (laughs) all right he he says this is an episode i always want to skip but am often happy i don't it's fun Mm. it's funny 
And that's about it. The caricatures of the race commentators and sponsor advertisements are on point. Good? Probably not. But it's fun. I wish they would have ironed out the commentary on ethnic struggle a bit more. Six from both of you for the sharp cheddar that this episode is. <laughs> but for the lack of philosophical discussion. Mm. There you go. Not quite. Not yes. qu- I agree with you. It is cheese. Cheese, cheese. Yep. Um, and finally, we have David. Hi, David. Race in space. Race in space. Okay. Brought to you by the good people at Keb from TechCon, your home for mm-hmm. all your Chevron encoding bias buffer needs. <laughs> A fun yet forgettable episode. Really, I forgot who won the race and how Warwick and Sam helped them win. I looked up after zoning out and I was... That guy won? How did... Uh, uh, never mind. Really, though, I liked this episode. This is probably one of the few fully realized, friendly alien civilizations we've seen. Not just one city like the Tolans or most everyone else. Not just capital city at war with not us like jonas quinn's mm-hmm. planet even the asgard were just shown as gray aliens milling about yes they had big cities and all that but i digress <laughs> we had an integrated society people with real jobs entertainment corporate interests and a planetary society they felt real it was also a nice callback to last season uh, Brent is going to give it six chevrons for the mm. fun of a race in space. It, the, the, the race part was fun. Zach, five chevrons for the fun, but uh, spoilers redacted aspects of it. Ah, well, but they got the score. You get, he got your score right on the money. Uh, he continues. This email was oh. brought to you by T-Mail and the good people at TechCon. Progress and people working in total harmony. T-mail. It's the only way to send mail over the TechCon net. Ask for it by name. Aha. Uh-huh. So, the general consensus is that people got my prediction quite close to accurate, with lots of fives yep. and fives and a halves and such. And people thought you would like it way, way more than way you did. Way more than what I actually did, Yes. So, alas, alas, sometimes you get the cheese. That's right. And sometimes the cheese gets you. Cheese. And sometimes the cheese gets you. <laughs> well, this was one of those days that we were gotten by the cheese. Indeed. Oh, well. So, Brent. Yeah. The next episode of Stargate SG-1 oh, yeah. is yeah. entitled... Avenger 2.0. Oh. Or it could be Avenger 2.0. Or it could be Avenger 2.0. Or um, what is it about? Ah, boy. Okay. All right. Avenger 2.0. All right. Um, uh, Okay. Uh, hmm. 
Next time on Stargate SG-1, the SG-1 team travel to the gate to find themselves on a strange world. It's a world that looks an awful lot like their good old home, uh, the good old Earth. But something's peculiar about this particular place. They find themselves in a massive city, a city that looks uh, like a world-class city. And But you know, in and amongst the tall, tall buildings, there's a particular building that is extremely striking. And as they uh, notice it and, and ask about it, they're told that in that tower resides the, the principal individual responsible for the safekeeping of this whole planet. What a peculiar title to be given to a particular person. So they go and, of course, they knock on the door because that's what they do. And ding dong, hello, uh, hi, uh, who is it that uh, lives here and works here? Oh, this happens to be the prime location of the, 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 the person who is responsible for the protection. Of the whole yeah, 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 we figured that whole thing out. Uh, but he's currently busy right now. Oh, is he? Yes. Uh, you see, he's working on a second prototype of a thing that he built. Is that so? Yes, it is so. And this is where my idea of trying to make an Avengers joke falls flat because it's Tuesday and it's 8.48 p.m. And I can't think of anything more interesting at all. So join us next time on Stargate SG-1 where we have a crossover between the MCU and Stargate, somehow involving Tony Stark with a second edition of his Iron Man suit, which was already done several movies ago. I don't know where I'm going with this. Avenger 2.0. I've got nothing. I have. I. 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 I thought that if I if I kept going, I would find a joke in there somewhere. Can't find it anywhere. Well, you know, a little like Iron Man too. Sometimes the sidewalk gets you, and sometimes you <laughs> get the sidewalk. <laughs> oh, it's late. I have no more brains. I. I think we should just watch this one. Okay. All right. Well, let me let me pull it up here. Okay. All right. I am ready. I am going yep. to hit play now. Okay. Next time on Stargate SG-1. Stargate Command, Felger speaking. Oh, hey! Mom, Mom, no, 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 no. I told you not to call me here. No, you're not even supposed to have this number. That's... I'm sorry I didn't call. I had to work late. Something came up. I... <laughs> if you must know, Mom, I, I screwed up again. What's your status, Colonel? Well, the mission was going according to plan, then we hit a little snag. We can't dial the gate. This is Dallison and Dubron. This is General Hammond of Stargate Command. General, I'm afraid I have to report a series of malfunctions under the gate system. What's your status, Doctor? Oh, it's all oh. next time on Stargate SG-1. We have nothing else. <laughs> Trust me, Major. This is gonna work. I started laying a parade, guys, but it didn't work. Oh, I get to see. I get to see Howard again. Felger. Yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah. Does he get to say, you know what? I wonder, I don't remember in the last episode if he ever said the words Uncle Red. I don't think he did. But, I, you know, I wonder if this is going to be the one where he says those words. It's uh, it's possible. I, yeah. I, I, I don't recall specifically. 
Yeah, well, looking forward to it. Well, there you go. That was the Avenger 2.0. Avenger 2.0. It has nothing to do with Tony Stark. It does not. A special mm-hmm. thank you to our good friend David for putting together yes, these David, promos for us. This is awesome. Thank you again. And for you, dear listener, tell us what you think about uh, this episode, about uh, the podcast, about uh, your peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, <laughs> you know, about your cheese, cheese. or sidewalks or, or whatever uh, you know, Avenger sure. jokes, whatever it is. Tell us. You can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. You can also tell us on Twitter at Stargate Walking. Go ahead and follow us. You can go to the Facebook page and smash all of the buttons so that you're following and, and joining and, and stuff. You can go to our website, WTTS.com. Space! Space! And then there you can go to the Discord link and hit the Discord link and go blink, and then you'll be part of the Discords, and then you can talk to us there and everybody yep. else who's there. There's places yep. for spoilers. There's places for general conversation. There's places yep. for conversation that has nothing to do with Stargate. It's yep. all there in the Discords. It's That's pretty darn true. cool. I like it. There you go. He's socially uh, available there most of the time. <laughs> I am most of the time a lurker at best. Every <laughs> once in a while, I do throw in a comment. I do kind of... Anyway, but it's fun. It's a great place. So come and join us for all of those things. And until I see you on any of those various platforms, I say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home. <laughs> <laughs>